Welcome to the NS North Podcast. My name is Philip Kaskren, and I'm joined tonight by my colleague, Dan Byers. How are you, Dan? I'm great. How are you, man? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. And uh, tonight, we are joined by Matt Bischoff from Lickability. How are you, Matt? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit more about uh, who you are and what you do? Sure thing. Um, yeah, my name is Matt. I am a uh, one of the partners here at Lickability. Um, I have been doing iOS de- development and product management and design stuff since 2009. And that's the same year that we founded Lickability, which is a small studio that does that for clients. And also we work on a few of our own apps as well. So in 2009, that's when you started also uh, around that where you started at the New York Times, if I remember correctly. Uh, that's right. Yeah, I um, I started uh, started Lickability with my friend uh, Brian Caps uh, in 2009 and then started at the Times in uh, 2011. Close enough. And uh, Lickability, is it, is it purely mobile apps or do you guys handle backend stuff as well? So usually uh, clients come to us with uh, the idea for a mobile app or a mobile app that they've already started working on that they need our help with. And occasionally we will pitch in on the back end as well. But we uh, all of our work is focused around delivering app experiences. And so the back ends are usually just in support of that. Nice. Nice. Any, any Mac uh, software? Oh, yeah, we do. We do some Mac stuff as well, um, which has actually been doing a little bit more of it lately. A uh, recent client that we worked with on a, on a Mac app is um, uh, Mimeo Photos, which is a, a sort of a replacement for the Apple uh, photo book printing process. That's the uh, photo book printing that I use for my calendars. Oh, so, great. Yep. So I'm one of you users, actually. <laughs> well, I've been doing a family calendars for the last, I want to say, t- 10 years. So my brothers just send me their pictures for the year, my mom, my aunt, and I just make a big calendar and I give it to them at Christmas and they love it. And it's kind of fun to go back every year that we have all these calendars and they're all different. So uh, it's a lot of fun. I was a little bit sad that uh, the Photos app didn't do it built in, but I'm yeah. glad that uh, Mimeo Photos stepped in. Yeah, me too. I'm re- I'm really happy with the way that turned out and um, I think they're doing even more interesting like templates and auto filling than than uh, than was possible before, so I'm happy with it. So uh, before before you got into mobile development, what were you up to? Uh, how'd you get your start in tech? Oh, interesting question. Um, I was a teenager, so uh, in, two, <laughs> in, two, in 2009 I was uh, finishing up high school, and before that. I was working um, on my own my own website and, and uh, some podcast stuff, but also I was I was helping a fledgling podcasting company at the time called Podcast People get off the ground and helping to manage a team of um, remote engineers working with uh, working to build the the platform for that. And that's that's pretty impressive as a teenager. My goodness. Yeah, it was it was weird being an eighth grader with a Palm Pilot and uh, <laughs> taking business emails uh, uh, from from my uh, parochial school classroom. That was quite a trip. <laughs> and what was the the language that you were working in? Uh, that was that it was in Ruby on Rails. Oh wow, very good. And uh, so the the announcement for the iPhone came out, and you got your hands on one. I take it, and everything kind of changed. I was second in line at my local AT&T store. wasn't super close to an Apple store and also wanted to uh, kind of brave a shorter line. Uh, I'd saved up money from, from doing that work as that, as a IT director for podcast people and, um, uh, bought, bought the first iPhone and just immediately wanted 
to make stuff with it was following the jailbreaking community and the in the sort of um, Mac icon customization community and a lot of the folks that were doing that stuff then are, are friends now um, and uh, encouraged me to uh, learn the frameworks once once it was possible and once app development was something that you could do on the app store. So how, how did you learn the frameworks? What were your what were you up to? Were you just playing around or did you use any yeah. materials? Yeah, um, so Brian and I decided that we wanted to make something. The first thing that we wanted to make in 2009 was an app called Broadway, which would let you um, – I was a theater kid. So it would let you figure out all the shows that were currently playing on Broadway, um, what nights they were playing, what theater, get directions uh, to the theater, and also figure out how to buy tickets online or by phone. Um, and so that's, that's, that was the first thing that we wanted to work on together. And in terms of figuring out how to build that, some of it was reading the Apple documentation, but we also, um, uh, watched the first iteration of, of Stanford CS 193P, which is how a lot of people got their start. And, uh, Evan Dahl was the, was the teacher and, uh, and, and we, we followed through all of those exercises and examples. And, and that really is how we figured out how to, how to build that first version. That's back when they had their uh, their class and they said you can hook into the Twitter API and display them. That's that's exactly right. Yeah, not <laughs> not so easy to do today. <laughs> and how did that go? Like did you uh what was the end result of that? So, um we we built the app uh fully. We got it to a 0.9 uh version that we were pretty comfortable releasing, but we had one final uh, thing that we needed to secure, which was the data for it. Um, we were using some publicly available data on the internet, but we figured if we actually released this app and, and that data started getting tons of hits, the company that was hosting it would kind of realize that uh, they had it out there. And uh, so we started, we, we took a bunch of meetings in New York with, with um, uh, uh, theater companies and the Broadway league and, and many others. And um, everybody sort of thought it was too early and that they, that they were just going to do a mobile website and that they didn't really need an app. Um, so we ended up shelving that project. And, uh, of course, many of those companies have since released apps and, and some, actually one of them kind of took a lot of cues from our design. So we, we learned some lessons there about, uh, oh, contracts no. and, uh, and NDAs, but, uh, um, it was, it was a really still a really great learning experience and taught us that we could work together and could build something. And that led us to, led us to, um, do a lot more interesting stuff down the, down the road. When you started, uh, the emphasis was on mobile only, right? That's what where you were really you saw that as the future. That's right. Yeah. Would you say that today you do most of your work on mobile as well? Uh, yeah, a, a huge majority of the work that we do is on uh, iOS and watchOS. Uh, so the macOS and tvOS stuff uh, that we've that we've uh, dabbled with and actually shipped some stuff in is is also important to our business, but. Um, still a huge majority of our work and our, our revenue has been things that people are using on, on mobile devices. And, uh, would that's two things that are missing. There are essentially Android and, and web mobile websites. So did did you dabble in that as well? No, um, we, we kind of realized from the beginning that we could either be, uh, generalists or specialists and decided to specialize on iOS and, and, um, when when folks come to us, uh, clients come to us with uh, a client project where they want to launch simultaneously on iOS and Android, what we do is we just partner with Android specialists. So we have uh, a few folks uh, in New York, Friendly Robot is one of them, another small agency that are just as good as at Android as we are at iOS, and we can kind of do that as a as a as a partnership, and I think it works really well. That makes a lot of sense. 
that allows you to uh, have uh, the best of both worlds, essentially, and not spend too much time doing one that you may have less expertise in. Right, right. And and to stay focused on really getting people who are passionate about the platform and knowing as much as they can about it. Yeah. So how big is Lickability right now? We are eight people. Uh, just uh, just finalized an offer for our ninth person, and we have uh, two two job openings. So folks are looking for an iOS engineering role in New York, or we just opened up an iOS apprenticeship role in New York also for somebody who's a little bit um, newer and who wants to learn with our folks. Uh, that'll bring us up to 10. Or, or 11, actually, yeah. Oh, wow, there you go. I saw that announcement about uh, an in- internship, and I thought that was really, really interesting. Yeah, it's the first time we're trying it, so we're definitely going to learn a lot along the way. But we don't think that internships should be limited to just like the big tech companies or big media companies. We think that um, we have some interesting stuff to teach uh, newer folks. And if th- if people are interested, we'd love to have somebody over the summer to, um, to learn from, from our engineers. Huh. And um, so what would you say your advantages are as a smaller company when, when, you, when, you, when you deal with proposals for an app and you have these big, massive agencies coming up bidding with you? Um, like is, yeah. there, you know, is there a way that you approach it? Yeah, there is. There's a certain kind of client that is in the sweet spot for us, and there is a certain way that we approach it. I think our advantage is just that we can be more flexible and agile. This is what every small company says, but they say it because it's true. Where if you're a large company and you have to price in a certain amount of design hours, a certain amount of project management hours, a certain amount of, you know, we got to get our Android engineers in there, that is kind of limiting you. Whereas we can come in occasionally with a client who just needs one iOS engineer to help finish a feature or even just to do code review. And we can, we can sell just that one engineer for a, a, a short period of time. Whereas a larger company might have a harder time, um, doing those smaller deals. Uh, also the fact that we're in New York helps a lot. Uh, a lot of the deals that we've done are with New York media companies, uh, companies where we have that are in our network. Um, and that we've, that we've worked with folks there in the past and, uh, just being in such a dense, um, tech community that is growing really fast and that there aren't a lot of uh super experienced ios engineers um in the market you know they're getting sucked up by by facebook and and twitter and instagram um very quickly uh is advantageous to us also senior engineers don't stay in the market long that's for sure that's absolutely true yeah and so when we try to hire senior engineers we're usually tapping um uh our network and folks who are kind of done with working at a large company and want to have somewhere a little bit quieter um, and more focused where they can, they can come into work every day and just uh, do the kind of architecturally satisfying work that they, that they're looking forward to. You mentioned that you're in the New York area and do you, uh, is your company all co-located or do you have remote people? We don't have any remote engineers, uh, and this is something that we're constantly exploring. I think a lot of the um, agencies that we compete with have done really well with uh, remote engineering cultures, and I admire it. Um, but for us, uh, having everybody in the same office is is, um, is really nice, and it's like allowed us to build like a corporate culture that we're really uh, proud of, and um, we have lunch together almost every day, and we uh, throw meetups and parties, and... Um, and uh, and just actually are rolling around the office a lot to like pair with each other on our laptops, and um, it's nice being in the same time zone. So I don't I don't think uh, I don't think we'll go all remote ever, but I could see adding uh, remote engineers as we grow. That's the way the industry seems to be heading. It does. Yeah. 
Yeah, it offers a lot of flexibility. But yeah, I can totally see the whole, you know, FaceTime aspect, especially with the, yeah. the pair programming thing too. Like, do you guys do you guys do, you know, a 50/50 split between pair and regular programming or It's it's not uh it's not regulated, but I see a lot of uh I see a lot of pairing happening and I see a lot of just like huddling around the whiteboard happening and I know technologies yeah. um from Google and others are like making that stuff easier to do virtually, but I don't I still don't think it's there where it's as high uh, high bandwidth as as just being in person with somebody. What yeah. what are your what are your guys thoughts on on the remote versus in person thing? For me, it's it's pretty simple. It's uh, nothing beats being in person because obviously you're going to if you can get all your employees in the, under the same the same roof, it makes that collaboration so much easier. However, you're essentially externalizing the cost of living. Right, because your employees exactly. all have yeah. to live within the same area, and New right. York City is not rep- has a reputation of not being the cheapest to live into. It's certainly not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and also, it might not be that you mentioned that it's a dense environment, and some people might be turned off by that. They might they might prefer to have live in a quieter environment, and they don't necessarily want to commute an hour and a half to go into the office because they want to live in a quiet environment. So you're you're essentially turning off or people that would never apply to the job openings that you have simply because they are not within the the area now you live in this you're in a super dense area so it's likely you're going to get people but still you know there's some talent out there that doesn't stay on the market very long and that would not even apply because that's one of the requirements so yeah it's the best in my opinion but it is also the um the worst in terms of tapping all the talent that you can possibly possibly get I agree with that, and I also think that the the thing that I that I should have mentioned in, in your my original answer is that we often have clients that uh, that want that FaceTime as well. Yeah. So we have clients where it's helpful to have the engineer to be able to go into the office one day a week or even just for occasional meetings. And when you know we're pitching ourselves as oh well we're all remote and all in different times, as that's a, that's an additional cost to that client of having to coordinate. So it's nice to especially for our New York clients to be able to say yeah we can come in anytime. Yeah, for sure. For sure, I I'm actually 100% remote for my contracts that I do. It's uh, I work out of my home here. It, it, you know, it's it's certainly a double-edged sword. Um, you, you have all the issues around isolation and whatnot. You have to be a certain you have to be a certain type of developer that can handle it. You know, to be remote full time. Because um, otherwise, you just go crazy and you start a conference. <laughs> exactly yeah yeah this is a this is a consequence for sure um but no it, yeah it's it, you know being able to to meet face to face every now and again it's it's there's definitely a ton of value in that but uh, the flexibility of being home is uh is pretty awesome but uh yeah no it's it, it's it's definitely interesting it's uh it, it's something worth exploring for sure Let's see how it goes in my case, I have kind of the best of both worlds because we do have a satellite office in Ottawa, so I can go into the office and have all the benefits of being into the office. But my main team is actually in Montreal. I'm in, I'm based in Ottawa, okay. so that's two hours away. And you can see that some people are much more at ease with having everybody on site and having uh, you know butts and seats because that makes things easier. And there's a Montreal centric effect that happens. So getting a, a remote employees engaged is something that I can see every day and live every day but the advantage for me is that if it snows out there and i don't want to go to the office i could just work from home and nobody will know so yeah that is pretty nice (laughs) so um aside from mobile development is there any other uh tech stuff that you're busy with in in your spare time matt 
Oh yeah, I'm working. On, I've been doing a bunch more writing this year uh, on my personal site, um, writing about sort of the the people management side of, of technology and the cultural side. I, I gave a talk last year about um, the, the disappearing internet, uh, the fact that we're building a huge cultural resource um, and yet we're we're losing tons of pages to four hundred fours every year, and that number uh, keeps growing. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about um, what we can do what we can do uh, more broadly with the internet and culture to make sure that uh, if we, if we build this resource that it actually, uh, that it actually survives and like looking into organizations like perma.cc and the, and the internet archive to help make that happen. Um, also uh, politics in the U S is, is uh, <laughs> a thing at the moment. It's a, <laughs> it's kind of a big deal. So it's um, a full contact sport as we like. To it say. is. Yeah. Trying to lend a hand, trying to lend a hand where I can to uh, political candidates and organizations that um, align with my values and, um, uh, and also just trying to figure out how to sustainably grow a company. You know, when you're, when you're two high schoolers uh, connecting over iChat AV to, to figure out how to build an app, that's a lot different than being a 10 person agency in New York city. Yeah. Uh, trying to, trying to grow. So um, been learning a lot uh, from my mentors and other people in the field and uh, books to make sure that all of our people are happy and we can improve the things that um, would make the biggest impact on their lives day to day. So if I, my questions are correct, uh, lickability is turning 10 this year. That's right. Yeah. So congratulations on making Thank it you. 10 years. That's pretty amazing. That's yeah. First of all. Yeah. I, we got to throw a party or something. You, you have to. 10 years. It's like the, it's the wood anniversary or something like that. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody gets you a should, wooden spoon. Uh, you should but, do it next next month in NS North. Just bring everybody oh, up. Oh, yeah. Well, party. Okay. Yeah. I'll bring some <laughs> pins. Yeah. <laughs> certainly. That's certainly totally it. Um, but uh, what I want to know is how has your role changed in the because obviously being a founder, you probably end up uh, shouldering a lot more of the business aspect of the company and the uh, uh, the resources aspect of the company and and maybe less time coding or maybe you just uh, work twenty four hours a day. I don't know. Yeah, no, certainly not. No, we tr we try to everybody, including including the partners. So the partners are myself, Brian Caps, who started the company with me, and we added. Uh, uh, Andrew Harrison a few years in, um, we all try to divide the responsibilities of running the company in a way that makes sense for both our skill set and also um, what we're what we're comfortable taking on. So I have taken on as the company has grown um, handling all of our uh, or a majority of our sales and uh, a decent amount of our, our, our product management and, and marketing efforts. Brian has sort of taken on the like CFO finance and operations type role. He's, he's really good at that stuff. And then uh, Andrew, also known as Twig on the internet, uh, manages uh, all of our engineers. So he has one-on-ones with all of our engineers and, uh, and also um, kind of our, our HR uh, people, engineering policy, CTO type stuff. So I think we've had a we've had a good division of labor ever since we sat down and, and worked that out before we hired anybody. And um, and for me, the thing that's been the biggest area of growth is just learning how to sell our services, learning how to you know handle a CRM, handle a sales process, uh, contracts, all that stuff, which is most of what I do day to day. I don't really write code anymore i'm primarily you know reviewing code helping engineers figure out uh problems and uh and and onboarding new clients so how do you how do you keep up to date because obviously the half-life of what you know in in code uh 
it goes away really, really quickly. Like that's about yeah. 18 months, I think, the, the half-life right. of knowledge and tech. So how do you keep up mm-hmm. to date? I don't know that I do. Uh, I don't know that I don't know that my knowledge is uh, super up to date. I, I try to watch as many of the WWC videos as I can and and read uh, everything that the CIO folks put out and, and the NS hipster stuff. But um, uh, I, I don't know that if you threw me into making a brand new iOS app today that I would be nearly as good as good at it as uh, the folks that work for us are. or when your intern is going to come this summer and she's going to say well i'm going to build everything in react native and you're going to yeah, exactly ah. well okay or well, rx swift for that matter <laughs> <laughs> no well how can you say no if you don't know what the technology is that's kind of my question <laughs> i see yeah yeah i mean uh there there are folks um you know brian and andrew are doing uh, engineering a lot more full-time than i than i am and i Luckily, have been working with them for ten years, so trust them on the on the technical calls. I just try to help folks out when um, when it's something that I have expertise in, or uh, when uh, when somebody else isn't available to to uh, get them past a roadblock. That makes a lot of sense. Part of being in the in the uh, ownership or partnership aspect is is knowing your limits too, right? And that that sounds right. like you guys have that figured out. So g- congratulations on that, because a lot of people yeah. can't. <laughs> Yeah, and it's nice that somehow the three of us actually didn't overlap too much in what we wanted to do and what we were really good at. Like everybody had kind of their thing. Awesome. Andrew Andrew uh, was really passionate about the management stuff, and and Brian really passionate about the finance and uh, operation stuff. Both of which are areas that I've that I've thought about, but it, it's not as as um, exciting to me as talking to new customers and figuring out how we can help them. Yeah. Very good. Brilliant. So in your off time, you see, you've already covered that you, you do lots of writing and you're into politics. Um, what do you do for fun? Still very into theater. So I uh, just saw the uh, 10th anniversary production of uh, Title of Show, which is a one night only thing. That was a, that was a musical um, that was about the art of writing musicals. So a sort of meta musical on Broadway. One of the reasons why I'm in New York is... Uh, so I can see a lot of theater, and I've and I I see a lot of uh, a lot of improv, a lot of stand up comedy, and a lot of uh, uh, musical theater uh, here in the city. I'm also a, a cocktail aficionado, so um, if you see me at Ennis North, uh, feel free to ask me to make you a drink if if we're in a situation awesome. where that can happen. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll try to bring some stuff, and uh, and also if you just have a menu and you're not sure what to order, I can I can point you in the right direction. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us, Matt. It's been an awesome to chat with you, and uh, we really look forward to carrying on this conversation in at the end of next uh, next month in April. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it, guys. Very good. Thanks so much, Phil. Have a good night. You're welcome. Thank you. Take care, guys.